Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
this is this was kind of a good uh it was, it was short but it was worth listening to. Are paid hush money and now lying about it. That's not how you drain a swamp. Uh, uh, this is Schiff, okay. And uh they're not draining the swamp, they're licensing it. This is a president who ran on a campaign of draining the swamp. Uh, and here he is uh, alleged to have had an affair with a porn star, paid hush money, and now lying about it. That's not how you drain a swamp. Uh, and com- coupled with the other allegations of Jared Kushner working on deals in the White House and uh, Mike Flynn working on deals uh, during the inauguration and uh, administration people flying first class and on private jets on these expenditures, they're not draining the swamp. Uh, if anything, they're licensing the swamp and branding it with great big gold letters. That's a real political problem uh, for the White House, for the president, uh, and that may be the lasting impact uh, of the whole Stormy Daniels thing, and that is they have completely ceded the ground when it comes to family values. Voters who care about family values can't possibly support this president. Mm. Got a point there. Uh, they, they plead family values. It's ultimate hypocrisy. Respect old people. They graduated high school without Google or Wikipedia. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, uh, I have to say, when I went uh, back to take some courses yeah. last year, um, I hardly had to go to the library. Yeah, you could do it all. I could do it all, look up most. I did go to the library, though, yeah. a couple of times for stuff. But I didn't spend hours in the library the way I used to uh, oh, yeah. 20 years ago. I could do it all at home. I had I had my computer, and I had my iPad, so I did things simultaneously. I was typing, looking up stuff at the same time. Lila is, is a modern scholar. She is a a brilliantly modern scholar. I don't think so, but I, it was uh, it was great to be able to do it all in did, my own she, home. She got straight A's in her graduate work, so that was that was outrageous. Well, Mitch McConnell has voted 15 times against minimum wage. I wonder if he votes against his own uh, increases. But has voted six times for pay increase for himself. Oh, how about that? The answer was right on that thing. There you go, Lila. And? Well, he looked around to decide who deserved an increase. And he said he did. He decided he did, but you didn't. Because after all, he knows best. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Attorney General Jeff Sessions backs Trump's death call for penalties in drug cases. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they want to kill all, all heroin dealers and opioid dealers and doctors and lawyers. U.S. Attorney Jeff Sessions on Monday backed the plan outlined by President Donald Trump aimed at combating the opioid crisis for vowing, by vowing to seek the death penalty whenever appropriate against drug traffickers. Drug dealers show no respect for human dignity and put their own greed ahead of the safety and even the lives of others, he said in statements. Excuse me. Adding that the Justice Department will continue to aggressively persecute drug traffickers. Now, you know, drug traffickers, but what are we talking about here? See, hopefully they're, they're, they're legalizing weed but uh, in most states. But uh, now he wants to kill all the drug traffickers. Like uh, Duarte and and uh, uh, does that include the pharmaceutical companies who traffic in drugs? No, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't really doesn't go light on it. It doesn't really explain. All he's doing is he wants death to drug dealers. That's all he's saying. It's very very not clear. It was supposed to be uh, heroin dealers, mm-hmm. but I think he's expanded that to other to other people. What about the fact that low-level dealers are usually addicts themselves? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to them. I don't care. They do not care, Lila. They just want everybody dead. That's what it seems like. Hmm. Could Jared Kushner cause Kim Jong-un, totally unqualified person, who only got his job through nepotism? <laughs> I mean, what a, what a freaking nut. Uh, these guys are just blind. I mean, what are they, uh, those guys, this guy's a, this guy's a satirist. I, guess, so I think he made that up. Yeah, he makes a lot of stuff up. 
up. In 2017, Amazon paid zero in U.S. taxes, despite making $5.6 billion. Imagine that. How did they get away with that? Well, you got all these loopholes, and you place to give all these, all these loopholes to start businesses and everything else. They come to their cities, you know. Um, Amazon will receive a tax break of about $789 million for 2018, thanks to the Republicans' new tax plan. Amazon, possibly on its way to becoming America's first trillion-dollar company, paid zero dollars in federal taxes for 2017, despite earning $5.6 billion in income. Imagine that. Gee, there's creepers now. And, uh, just, just unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, this is from the intellectualist, but uh, tell us Trump's national security advisor warned him not to congratulate Putin, but he did it anyway. It's really, really kind of, kind of strange what he did. Yeah. No, he just, you know. I did read that the European Union. I think I told you did that. Yeah, you said they did too, but you know, this guy. I mean, they. What what amazes me is, I mean, this guy. What he's saying is no collusion. They found. They found. Complete evidence of collusion in, in, in his. Uh, plus, now they found out that this that he just hired this that firm, right? Not Putin, but Trump just hired that that firm to uh, for that that infiltrated Facebook, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know to uh, you know to, uh, to to go after social media, right? This week, Trump called for Vladimir Putin to congratulate him on the re-election against his advice of his national advisors. He also ignored their advice. And uh, it was from, uh, I don't care for Washington Post, but they always break in with it and want you to pay for it. See, look at this. Yeah. Hey, I wouldn't pay a freaking nickel for these So businesses. good they, so, no, so what? I wouldn't pay a fucking nickel for this. For Go this on group. to the next article. So Trump yeah, calls no, food. Now, now, they want their mo- now they want money for their fake news. Yeah. Anyway. One of the, uh, Israel's top rabbis called African Americans monkeys. In his most recent sermon. Oh, nice guy. Yeah, yeah that was pretty. What? Ha- oh, they they also sent those black Jews back to Africa. They didn't want them. They don't want black people. No. Nope. This this is the uh, this, is, uh, this is from Newsweek here. That was it? quite a scandal a few years back. Yeah. And this was in 2000. Nobody addressed well, it here. Well, what happened was is um, he called it. He visited to uh, a Jewish. Uh, when Francis walked, Pope Francis walked with the. Uh, went to visit the Hekel Shlomo, a Jewish heritage center in Jerusalem, on the 26th of May. Shalom. The Hekel Shalom. No, Shlomo. Shlomo. Shlomo, baby. Not Shalom. Shlomo. Hekel Shlomo, a Jewish Jewish heritage center, back in uh, 2014. But Yosef, one of Israel's most senior religious leaders, has stroked controversy after calling black people monkeys, seeming to specify target black Americans during a sermon. One of Israel, you know, and uh, yeah, it's pretty bizarre. One of Israel's most senior religious leaders, Sephardic uh, Chief Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef has stroke controversy after calling black people monkeys, seemingly to target black Americans specifically during his sermon. Yosef made the remarks in footage and aired by Israeli news site Yenet, reportedly citing a hypothetical story about encountering a black person in the U.S. He then referred to black people using the pejorative Hebrew word kushi and called, black, uh, called the black person a monkey. Related ancient biblical seal of the prophet Isaiah reveals 2007 years... Oh, that's 
something else. In, in response to the Israeli press, Yosef Office said there was a religious context to the comparison made in the rabbi's, rabbi's weekly sermon. According to the Times of Israel, Yosef, who is a most senior rabbi in one of two Main Street strands of Orthodox Judaism, was addressing a religious legal question when he made the remarks. It is not the first time the religious leader has caused controversy with his sermons. In May 2017, Yosef compared secular women to animals because they dressed immodestly. <laughs> in the same weekly <laughs> sermon, he warned Israeli soldiers that if they found themselves at, at, at events where women were singing, a deliberate display of provocation, they should remove their glasses. <laughs> or as Yosef had himself done at formal events, the men should be seen to look away from the singing and read a book. In March, okay. in March 2016, um, March 2016, Yosef was forced to retract a comment that non-Jews should not live in, in Israel. He said he was speaking theoretically and in practice, non-Jews could live in Israel if they kept religious laws, such as not committing idolatry and not eating the limbs from a live animal. And he did add that non-Jews eating the limbs from a live animal? Yeah. He did add that the non-Jews in, in Israel could serve Jews, I should serve Jews. Yosef is the most senior representative of Sephardic Jews who trace their origins to the Iberian Peninsula, North Africa, and the Middle East. Uh, Ashkenazi. 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 Jews, originally from Europe in those areas controlled by the Roman Empire, led by uh, Chief Rabbi David Law. So, anyway, this guy, this guy's a well one, man. He, he's nuts. No, so, anyway. So much for Chief Rabbi Nutball. I guess so. Yeah. So let's go on. I think this is super sharp. I'm to talk about environmental issues. Here, uh, look at this. Australian government to release herpes virus in the water supply. Right? The Australian, because it, so they can kill carps. You know. The, okay. Yeah. I mean, this is insane. The Australian government has announced plans to release the herpes virus into its waterways by 2019, despite fierce oppositions by scientists. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty bizarre. Hang on a sec. Um, in, in an effort, in an effort to fight invasive fish species, the herpes virus expected to wipe out the common carp. However, scientists have warned that the virus may become a public uh, health risk to human too, humans, too. So everybody in Australia will have herpes? <laughs> well, globalnews.ca reports California has long been trying to control the population of the common No, Australia. What did I say? California. No. Uh, oh, globalnews.ca which is California, uh, reports uh, Australia has long been trying to control the population of the common carp, an invasive species that was first introduced in the 1800s and now makes up 80 to 90 percent of the fish biomass in the nation's largest river system. This is because ecological damage as carp have prolific, are prolific breeders that compete with native fish. They also feed at the bottom of the rivers, causing erosion and reducing water water quality. The Australian government said it cost the country an economy up to $500 million a year. Wow. And in 2016, the government allocated $14 million in a plan to release the herpes virus into the nation's largest river system to kill the carp species. It would then infect carp with a strain of herpes called um, CYHV-3, which damage the kidney, skin, and gill of fish and killing up to 95% of the species. I can't imagine what it would do to yeah, well, the other. What would it do to the other fish, too? That they want to keep. Know, yeah. And people. That might, uh, the water might uh, seek into the aquifers or whatever the hell it goes to, lakes, the streams. The government said it conducted extensive research to make sure 
native fish, birds, amphibians, and other species in the river could not connect the virus contact. The uh, Australian science minister uh, said the virus would have no impact on humans, but the cleanup would be costly. Thousands of carp are expected to die after the virus is released. The event is being labeled as Carpageddon. Um, suddenly, there will be literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of tons of carps that will be dead in the river. And they're unhittable because they're, you yeah. know, they're or what are you going to do with burpees. them? And you can't put them in cat food or dog food or whatever. The government plans to release the herpes virus as early as 2019. Serious ecological ramifications. I think that's on, such a mistake. Yeah, that sounds like a bit, man. On, on uh, Friday, six researchers published a, science, a letter in Science arguing that releasing the virus into Australia's waters is unlikely to be effective. The effectiveness of virus depends on environmental factors such as having water temperatures between 16 centigrade and 28 centigrade. Carp that survived the initial viral epidemic in hot or cold spots would be able to replenish the population quickly. You know, according to The Guardian, uh, British scientists also published a warning about the virus in the Nature uh, Ecology and Evolution Journal in February. The researchers said that an irreversible high-risk proposal could have serious ecological, environmental, and economic ramifications. They also said that releasing a virus that attacks the most commonly farmed fish in the world could impact the global food supply and that the uh, uh, oxygen loss caused by millions of tons of rotting carp killed by the virus could lead to catastrophic ecosystem crashes. Jesus. And they still want to do this. Man, come on. What? You know, that's in Australia. Yeah. They don't seem like the brightest beans. No, they, they don't. Not at all. Why would they do something like that? Well, it's pretty scary. Uh, it is interesting. Kushner and Manafort were the primary players in hiring Cambridge Analytica for the Trump campaign. This is the this is the one that got the fifty million. Oh. You know, uh, things from. Uh, and they're the ones that. That's right. Connected with Facebook. And that's right. Else. That's right. They're, they're uh, no, I was kind of guessing Bannon was the one, but no. Huh? Well, he has something to do with it. I got another article that has to do with that one, but he was kind of in control of it. But these guys were the ones that uh, were the major players. Kushner uh, and Manafort and Brad Parscales are involved in hiring the British-based uh, political data firm, which improperly assessed personal data from Facebook users.
congressional district, a heavily Democratic state uh, district that uh, includes part of Chicago and its suburbs, according to the Associated Press. Mr. Jones, 70, unsuccessfully sought the nomination five times before, and his victory on Tuesday was a foregone conclusion after the Republican Party failed to draft another candidate to enter the race against them. I thought that was kind of weird. you think that, you know? Yeah. Even if only myself and my wife voted for me, I'd win the primary because the Republican Party screwed up big time, Mr. Jones said in an interview. Yeah, yeah no one else was running. The Illinois Republican Party has sought to distance itself from Jones in recent weeks, blanketing the district with campaign flyers and robocalling voters to stop Illinois Nazis according to a robocall script uh, provided by the party. But Mr. Jones said he had received three robocalls himself. And uh, Arthur Jones is not a, a real Republican. He is a Nazi whose disgusting, bigoted views have no place in our nation's discord, Tim Schneider, the Illinois Republican Party chairman, said in a statement. He said the party had urged voters to skip over his name when they go to the polls. And moving forward, but, uh, planned on vehemently opposing Jones with real campaign dollars. But they didn't run anybody. This is so, you know, yeah. They didn't run anybody against them. So the spokesman for the Illinois Republican Party said those dollars would be used to support an independent candidate in the November election. And party leaders are in talks with several potential candidates. The spokesman said they had not yet uh, decided which one to endorse. Congressional District of Illinois has not been represented by a Republican since 1975. And few people besides Mr. Jones believe he has a chance of winning the general election. And Daniel Lipinski, a, a Democrat, has represented the district in Congress since 2005, and his father before him. So, guy doesn't really have much of a chance to win. But the fact that they that he was nominated kind of tells you what the hell. The problem is here. No? No? Yeah, I was just thinking. I mean, nominating a friggin', a friggin' Nazi. I don't know why they do that. I, they're just nuts. They're nuts. It's kind of funny. Uh, Maria sent this up to us. Oh. Uh, At our age, we can hide our own Easter eggs, wait a half an hour, and have no clue where we put them. <laughs> <laughs> Makes the playing field even with the toddlers. <laughs> Here's something. This is kind of an interesting thing. American Indian teens uh, head to the Vatican, hoping to overturn historical papal decrees. This is really interesting because um, the Catholic Church gave them gave the right to uh, to conquer. Okay, and destroyed native species, native native uh, Americans, and so on. You know, mm. yeah. indigenous people. Yeah, the right of destiny, the right of the doctrine of discovery. Mm. Um, they form the basis of the so-called doctrine of discovery, which shapes UN U.S. Indian policy to this day and haunts Indians' well-being. The group says, and. Um, This girl is 18 years old, Nina Berglin. She hopes to discuss the archaic papal decrees with Vatican officials in Rome. Mitch Walking Elk and his students are unlikely Vatican visitors, but if all goes as planned, they will meet the Vatican officials in May with a plea, rescind the historic papal decrees that justify the domination of native peoples. This 500-year-old decree uh, are at the center of a surprising uh, flurry of faith-based uh, activism and interest in the Twin Cities, uh, home to more than uh, one of the nation's largest urban American Indian populations. Uh, the critics charge they formed uh, the basis of the so-called doc doctrine of discovery, which asserted that the people and wealth of non-Christian lands belonged to those who discovered them. Huh. Yeah. Its legacy shapes uh, 
federal Indian policy to this day and haunts Indians' well-being. There is no, there's so many people who don't know about this at uh, Alkali Day. One of St. Paul High School's uh, uh, students preparing for the trip. Even if we are, Their journey comes as a growing wave of national pro- pro- Protestant domination denominations, including Presbyterians, Methodists, and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, have repudiated, have repudiated the doctrine of discovery. In Minnesota, their churches have been offering related workshops and supporting Indian efforts to make the change. Jim Bear Jacobs, who oversees the St. Paul Interfaith Network program, called Healing Minnesota Stories, said, He's led dozens of such discussions in addition to bus tours of sacred indigenous sites, said Jacob. So many people are talking about this. Uh, a quick history lesson. Several papal decrees, known as bulls, uh, were issued in the 1400s to legitimize the domination and destruction of non-Christian people. Those decrees embraced by the early um, European colonizers of the Americas formed the basis of U.S. Indian policy, which allowed the government to seize Indian lands, remove its people, and control their personal and property rights, said Jacobs. For example, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in the landmark 1823 case that the title of land discovered and conquered belonged to the conquering nation, and American Indians only had the right to occupy it. As as recently as 2005, the Supreme Court referred to this doctrine of discovery in a ruling against the Oneida uh, um, um, Indian Nation of New York. Imagine that. Yeah. They used the 500-year-old doctrine, a, a Catholic doctrine, to 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 deny the Indian the rights. You know, it's just freaking amazing. Walking Elk said a more recent example of indigenous rights being superseded in a classroom. More recent example of indigenous rights being superseded by federal and corporate rights in the Keystone Pipeline running near Sand, Standing Rock Indian Reservation in North Dakota. Centuries of being treated as second-class citizens or worse has left a profound mark on Indian people, he said. Last week, Walking Elk and other dozen, uh, about a dozen students and some parents gathered in a classroom at Guadalupe Alternative Program in St. Paul where he teaches indigenous ceremonies. Smell of burning sage drifted in the classroom, a healing circle down the hall. The group's got a trip update, you know, for the ceremony. But anyway, uh, it says that <clears throat> he said that uh, the need to heal underlies the Vatican trip. We live in historical trauma. It is our DNA, said Nina Burglund. It's from the time of our land, the killing of our people, every day we see it in suicides, drug and alcohol addiction, poverty. We're still trying to deal with it. Her mother, Diana Johnson, nodded slowly. I'm 45 years old, and this is all new to me, Johnson said, holding back tears. Not knowing who I am, not knowing my language, not knowing my culture, you're, you're made to feel you're less. It's passed in your blood generation after generation. What do they hope to get out of this trip? Hope, Whiteface uh, quickly responded. And uh, we hope that they uh, we hope they get it. The article's pretty long, but you know, essentially that's what they're hoping for. Uh, and. Uh, They said, what are you expecting to receive? And they said, we're rescinding the decrees and 
would like to have an apology. That should be this, the way to start. But what about the new, you know, the new palpable? So they want that to be rescinded. I can understand that, can't you? I didn't even know they had that problem. Did you? No? Yes? No? Did you? No. I, I don't think thinking. so. No, you weren't. Anyway, you were thinking. So think, please. And let's go on with the show here. I'm going to put you to work in reading so you can, I can, you I can, can be excited. see it from back here, I think. What about these two sets, huh? Isn't this amazing? Who's that guy? This is oh, the from Wisconsin. governor of Wisconsin. Oh, he's something else. University of Wisconsin campuses push, pushes to uh, plan to push the plan to drop 13 majors, including English, history, and philosophy. <laughs> and, yeah, and they want to, you know, and they want to... They you can't wanna, major in history? No. Anyway. Or English? Oh, this is Washington Post again. They won't let you read this. You stop getting articles. I, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get them again. I, they, they give you tempting articles, and then they, they won't let you read them. Unless you pay them a buck per article. They can go to hell. Yeah. And that's Bezos' company, you know. Be- Bezos owns Amazon. The guy that, that, that pricked that owns Amazon. I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know... He, wants, you know, he, he owns the, the Washington Post, all right? Oh, that's right. And so now, as of this week, he started charging a dollar for every, he puts it out there like it's free, then he charges you a buck, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to read the rest of it. And he makes sure you can't even read it other than the headline. A real prick. I hope he dies. BLM calls for shooting 90,000 healthy wild horses. Can you imagine that? They want it, they want I think they've done that every year. No, they they haven't. They haven't. This is they're, they're gonna. Uh, they do. Well, they used to do it. I don't know. Well, they I've put heard a, that before. Yeah, but they put a law to protect them, and now, now they want it. Now they want to lift it. Uh, Bureau of Land Management calls for a shooting of horses. Uh, this is in October of last year, uh, of ninety thousand healthy wild horses. See, they wanted to. They 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 want to. They want to let them. Uh, uh, they want to kill them. Or they want to send them out of, t- out of the country to uh, to be used for um, uh, food, you know. Oh, uh, uh, food. Yeah, and in fact, they want to send it. There's another one. They want to send them to. They wanted to send it to uh, some country so that they can be used for. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Here you go. It's proposed by a private party to have American taxpayers pay to ship twenty thousand wild horses to Russia where they would serve as prey animals for big cats. Oh, what? Yeah. 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 I mean, no. it's a, you know, they discussed the option of allowing international adoptions and sales. Okay. And, uh, see, the advisory board recommended that ba- uh, uh, Bureau of Land Management achieve its on-range population growth of 26,700 horses, uh, wild horses and burros. Well, on phases, phasing out of the use of the long-term holding facilities, both within three years, um, the board uh, also discussed the option of allowing international adoptions and sales, uh, which would have been allowed before, and it is proposed by a private party. That's why I just read that it would be, uh, they'd be sent 20,000 of these horses to, be, uh, to serve as prey animals for big cats in Russia. Killing tens of thousands of wild horses and burros would be a betrayal of millions of taxpayers who want wild horses protected as intended in the 1971 uh, Wild Free Roaming Horses and uh, Burros Act and who have invested tens of millions of dollars in their care. The president uh, said the president of uh, Return to Freedom Wild Horse Conservation. And she goes on, uh, Bureau of Land Management has been tasked by Congress with the responsibility of protecting the well horses. But the agency has failed over and over, wasting time on think tanks, challenge concepts, and uh, meetings that go nowhere, instead of directing resources toward actually managing land, water, and habitat on the range and building a robust volunteer effort to help with critical projects benefiting the horses and wildlife. And... Uh, Show that it show, polls have repeatedly shown that 80% of Americans oppose horse slaughter 
and a and a similar uh, percentage back to the sea uh, wild horses protected. So, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But stem uh, administration, they just want to kill off everything, yeah, including people. This guy is one of the sickest, sickest bastards I've ever heard of. Ben Carson, head of the hut, right, says trans people in homeless shelters make others not comfortable. So they want he want he doesn't he wants to ban trans and, and shelters and affordable housing and he even wants to strip the word uh, uh, he wants to strip away. Um, uh, disabilities acts and stuff like that for affordable housing. Okay, I mean this guy is a piece of crap. You know, I, it's, it's beyond me. It's beyond me. This kind of guy. Want to read this? Yep. You up to it? Yeah, I'll be able to see it. Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson spoke Tuesday about transgender individuals' access to homeless shelters, saying. Women were not comfortable being in the shelter with somebody who had a very different anatomy. Testifying before a House subcommittee, Carson was reportedly asked by Representative Mike Quigley about the removal of a HUD training materials that helped protect LBGTQ people from discrimination by guiding homeless shelters on how to ensure access to shelters for transgender people. We obviously believe in equal rights for everybody, including the LGBT community, but we also believe in equal rights for the women in the shelters and shelters where there are men and their equal uh, and their equal rights, Carson responded. So we want to look at things that really provide for everybody and doesn't impede the rights of one for the sake of the other. Hmm. Yeah, does that make any sense to you? I don't know. No. Okay. So... When quickly then asked how protecting the rights of transgender homeless individuals would infringe on the rights of others, Carson replied, I'll give you an example. There were some women who said they were not comfortable with the idea of being in a shelter, being in a shower, and somebody who had a very different anatomy. Well, that makes sense, but they you know, why are they in, why do they why why are they in the shower with a transgender guy in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Or with anybody else. Or with anybody else. I, don't I mean, a group that. shower? You know, I don't know, maybe. Isn't it, I, don't know, I don't know what homeless shelters have in particular. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, you'd think they would have individual shower stalls. No. But, I, I can't say, because no. I don't know. Seems like a lot. And he never, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. He doesn't about. know what he's talking about. On Tuesday, LBGTQ advocacy group GLAD denounced Carson's statement in a release saying, it perpetrated a derogatory myth about the pre presence of transgender people threatening other safety. It's because of derogatory myths like this, which have been debunked time and time again, that the transgender community faces disproportionate levels of discrimination and homelessness. Glad uh, President Sarah Kate Ellis said, today blatant and factually inaccurate anti-transgender rhetoric is the latest in a long line of uninformed and biased statements about LGBTQ people that make Dr. Carson unfit to be the head of the Department of Health. He's an idiot, Leo. He is an idiot. Last year, HUD removed guidelines from its website um, meant to provide training to homeless shelters on how to ensure that transgender people, as we reported earlier in the year. In March, activists filed a lawsuit against HUD seeking documents to determine whether the Trump administration was directing, directing federal agencies to undermine their effort on LGBTQ Americans. Amazing, huh? Yep. Yeah. In July 2017, Democrat senators wrote a letter to Carson that the removal of the HUD resources around LGBTQ rights was concerning and asked that the agency restore them to its website. Nearly one-third of transgender Americans homelessness at one point in their lifetime, according to 215 survey of transgender people in the U.S. What's more, 70% of transgender respondents who had stayed in homeless shelters reported 
being mistreated, including being harassed, sexually or physically assaulted, or kicked out because of being transgender. Carson's remark at the House subcommittee hearing were the latest in a series of uh, anti-LGBTQ statements about the house from the housing secretary. And you didn't say exactly what he said, did you? And uh, I, can you repeat what what Carson said? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said that uh, there were that that people complained, okay, that they didn't want to be in the same shower with men. And then his response was that silly statement. Yeah. That's all he said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, using. I a, thought there was going to be more coming. No. Oh, and, that was it. Carson said that transgender people should have separate bathrooms because they make everybody else uncomfortable. And earlier that same year, Carson said in a, in a CNN interview that being gay was absolutely a choice because a lot of people go into prison straight and they come out when they're gay. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. The guy's nuts. I, I think the guy's freaking nuts. This Ben Carson. The guy's, the guy's weird. But he's the only black guy. I mean, he's the only black guy in Trump's administration. The only one. Right? Okay. And he's and he's he's absolutely bona fide crazy. Right? I don't think he's all there. No, he's, he was they, asked they, why he, you know, about the dining room table he bought. Yeah, yeah. And then he said, well, the most frugal person in the world that he knew, knew cho- chose that table, and that was, that was his, his wife. wife. Yeah, no, and he got, the guy's a bonehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, just a damn bonehead. I mean, I can't imagine he graduated from anything. Well, they claim he was a surgeon, but I, I really got to wonder if this is the real same guy, you know? Yeah. You know, that they, they, they talked about as a surgeon. Hey, he couldn't, Jesus, I wouldn't want him operating on me. Whoa. No. Oh, God, no. Bannon oversaw Cambridge Analytical Collective. Oh, I meant to say that's the one from Stupidness. Sorry, I wrote. But, hang on a second. Delete you. Delete you forever. May you die, Washington Post. In case you have a dog, yeah. lawsuit filed against Champion Pet Food, Arcana and Origin. Okay. What happened with their oh, pet food? It must have bad things. It, it does. It's got some bad, bad stuff in there. Uh, real bad I wonder stuff. what the name is of their products. Like. I'll tell you. Arcana. Oh, you know who makes Champion Pet Food? Um, that was. And Origin. I think we used to feed that to our dogs. And it's then got, we stopped feeding it to him because it was bad. Yeah, it's got it comes some, in a can. Yeah, it's got a. Um, it's got some bad, really bad stuff in it. Okay. Jumping all over the I place. know, it's the way it is. Consumers in Minnesota, California, and Florida are suing Champion Pet Food for false advertising, violations of feed laws and numerous other charges. The lawsuit includes results of heavy metal testing. It includes results that this dry dog food contains BPA, a chemical typically not associated with dry kibble pet foods. And uh, uh, this is a class action lawsuit currently representing consumers in Minnesota, California, and Florida. The consumers are suing Champion Pet Food for their negligent, reckless, and or intentional practice of misrepresenting and failing to fully disclose the presence of heavy metals and toxins in their pet food sold throughout the United States. Plaintiffs seek both injunctive and monetary relief on behalf of the proposed classes, uh, and uh, including requiring full disclosure of all such substances as marketing, advertising, and labeling, and restoring monies to the members of the proposed classes. The lawsuit claims champion pet food which is Arcana and Origin, uh, uh, contain levels of arsenic, mercury, lead, cadmium, known to pose health risks to humans and animals, including dogs. And interestingly, for a kibble pet food, the lawsuit claims the dry pet food contained uh, BPA. 
which is something that they, which is something you use on a, in a, in a, a can, lining of a can, mm. okay, or in the plastic bags and stuff like that. The lawsuit provided this chart uh, of lab results lining our can and pet foods. Um, Probably should work on. Yeah, it says product name is Arcana Regional Wild Atlantic yeah. New England Fish and Fish Greens. Hmm. Drug food. I don't know. Very, those. very high in, in, in all of these things. Yeah. Arsenic. Mm -hmm. But uh, origin six fish with New England mackerel, herring, redfish, monkfish, silver hake. It sounds like a healthy food, right? Mm -hmm. Chicken, turkey, wild caught fish, uh, origin original. Origin red, regional red, um, and uh, everything, anything that's Arcana or or uh, or uh, Origin, A O R I J E N. Right? So either of those are bad for you, are bad for your dog, and could, could actually kill them. These heavy metals results provided the levels found in the Champion pet food appear to be. Uh, below that, what authorities recognize as minimum tolerable levels of mineral in beef. As example, the National Regional Research Council publication, Mineral Tolerances for Animals, 2005, are the guidelines that FDA enforces. Within this publication, it's paid for publication. It's a pay-for publication, not free public access. The NRC provides a chart listing the maximum tolerable levels of multiple species. Dogs, cats are not listed within the NRC chart, but the closest species provided in the NRC publication is a rodent. <laughs> a rodent. So, now, so it's killing you, folks. It's killing your, your dogs, so stop using it. And that's uh, Arcana and Origin Pet Foods. Okay? So just so you know. Did I mention Trump wanted to stop all uh, programs, all, day, all daycare programs, uh, after-school programs? No. Oh, yes, you did at the opening of the show. You mentioned it. I don't know if I if I actually read it, read about it, but yeah, Trump actually wants to eliminate after-school programs in his budget. That's yeah. uh, really ridiculous because uh, you know people depend on that. People depend on that. Uh, you know, kids go there. Yeah. And they, you know, their parents pick them up later after work and mm -hmm. things like that. And and that and you know, it'll it'll, it'll destroy so many so many families. I mean, it hurts mm -hmm. so many people. It just hurts so many people. Well, one of our last ones tonight here is a <clears throat> staggering death toll in Iraq. People don't realize how many people actually died, but there's over two million people died in Iraq during the last during, during this during the invasions and up to now. And I think it's important that people should um, should know that. Um, you remember this one, Lila, because uh, 15 years ago we were uh, marching against the war. On March 19th uh, marks. 15 years since the U.S.-U.K. invasion. Remember in 2003? Yeah. We went to, we went to Washington, D.C. I remember. In January of that year, protesting the war, and I did a, we did a two-hour two documentary on, on it mm -hmm. and published it with folks. They did it on, on television. And uh, uh, we were, it was, it was uh, below zero. I remember it was in January. January 18th, Martin Luther King Day, we went down yeah, in 2000. Bitter. And uh, went down on a bus with a lot of people, and uh, three, 400,000 people that day, 5,000 people, 500,000, and uh, all trying to freeze them to death, but, you know, protesting this Iraq invasion. That was going to happen. The U.S. military has refused to keep a tally of the Iraqi deaths, and General Tommy Franks, the man in charge of the initial invasion, bluntly told reporters, we don't do body counts. One survey found that most Americans thought Iraqi deaths were in the tens of thousands, but our calculations, using the best information available, show a catastrophic estimate of 2.4 million Iraqi deaths since 2003. 2.4 million Iraqi deaths. I mean, folks, this is a genocide, man. 
just an invasion. This was a genocide. Uh, you know, just, just freaking unbelievable. And uh, I'm just trying to get this thing jumping around here. The number of Iraq uh, casualties is not just a historical dispute, because the killing is still going on today. Since several major cities in, the, in Iraq and Syria fell to Islamic states in 2014, the U.S. Um, has led the heaviest bombing campaign since the American war in Vietnam, mm-hmm. dropping 105,000 bombs and missiles and reducing most of Mosul and other contested Iraq and Syrian cities to rubble. An Iraqi Kurdish uh, intelligence report estimated that at least 40,000 civilians were killed in the bombardment of Mosul alone, and many more bodies still buried in the rubble. A recent project to remove rubble and recover bodies in such just one neighborhood found 3,353 more bodies. Oh, my God. Of whom, uh, in just one neighborhood, okay, 20% were identified as ISIS fighters. 80% as civilians, and other 11,000 people in Mosul are still reported missing by their families. Imagine And then uh, there's more to this. Uh, of the countries where the U.S. and its allies have been waging war since 2001, Iraq is the only one where epidemiologists have actually conducted comprehensive mortality studies uh, based on the best practices that they have developed in war zones, such as Angola, Bosnia, the Democratic Republic, uh, Congo, Guatemala, Kosovo, Rwanda, Sudan, Uganda. In these countries, as in Iraq, the result of comprehensive epistemology, epidemiology studies uh, revealed 5 to 20 times more deaths than previously published figures based on passive reporting by journalists, NGOs, or governments. So, we've killed over... 2.3 million million Iraqis died. 2.3 million. Isn't that amazing? Two yeah. such reports. I mean, that's more than all the people that were killed in, uh, in World War II. Yeah. <laughs> two, two such reports on Iraqi, on Iraq, became out in the prestigious Lancet Medical Journal, first in 2004, then in 2006. And the 2006 study estimated that there were 600,000 Iraqis were killed in the first 40 months of the war in occupation in Iraq among the 54,000 non-violent but still Iraq-related deaths. Yeah. And uh, the U.S. and U.K. government dismissed the report, saying the methodology was not credible and the numbers were hugely exaggerated. Yeah, right. In countries where Western military forces have not been involved, however, similar studies have been accepted and widely cited without question. Based on advice from their scientific advisors, British government officials privately admitted that the 2006 Lancet report was likely to be right. But precisely because of its legal and political implications, the U.S. and British government held a cynical campaign to discredit it. So, you know, take it from, from you can read this article on salon.com, but uh, uh, it's really, 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 really sick. What we've done to that to that country, and are still doing to that country and Afghanistan. You know? So, anyway, folks. Well, we're out of time, and I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. And uh, you know, I hope you'll be with us again next week. It would be nice uh, for us to do that. Let me get back to my studio. Here. So, say good night to everybody. Good night, folks. And uh, we will see you next week. We sure will. Okay. Aw. It's really kidding. Yeah. Okay. We'll see you later. Yep. Good night. Good night, everybody.